Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul and Justin Baker in studio. We're all blessed to have you here, Justin. Oh, thanks, Mark. Yeah, no problem. Uh, on today's show, we are going to be talking about the final leg of the regular season and the teams and the players that we are most going to be intentionally watching as this goes on. Uh, obviously, there's some teams that have fallen way off the map in terms of watchability because their games are meaningless and there's not a whole lot to to look forward to, uh, at least in terms of this season. Uh, so unless you're a fan of that team, probably not going to be in your watch list. Some playoff battles, some potential playoff matchups, and some really good teams. So we're we're going to both give our, our top five teams that we are going to keep an eye on. And then we'll shift and we'll do players, uh, players that are, you know, for one reason or another, we're trying to watch them. So uh, some of those players could cross over with their teams. Uh, Justin, was there a particular rhyme or reason for why you picked certain guys or teams? Well, guys, for sure, because I just, I think they're Had a hard they're time good picking looking. the girls. <laughs> All the girls oh. in the NHL. Ooh, ouch! Um, you know what? That wasn't, I, a, that wasn't an insult on women. They're was just, it though? No. <laughs> I mean, the one skated fast at the at the All Star the, the, the the skills and beat one one guy. Who was the guy they beat? I don't remember to be quite it honest. Kind of, it was. I mean, it's it's funny, but it's. Uh, I mean, it's cool. You know, I th- I think that there's uh, there's women that have that are more talented than men at maybe one particular skill. Certainly. It's just a matter of having all those skills together is, is why you don't see a woman playing in the NHL. But yeah. I, I, and, and I just feel like we could dive into this one for a while, but uh, <laughs> maybe not anymore. You know, if you're fast enough, maybe you can, you can get around guys. I mean that a woman, I can't remember her name. Sorry, but I mean, she can move around pretty quick. You can move around like Johnny Goodrow. You're never going to get hit. So, also, would anybody hit her? I don't know. That's true. I think the way the rules are, I think, I think they're set up to where you don't have to really be physically. I know, you know Rafi Torres anymore. would definitely hit her. <laughs> Mr. Gudis probably would too. Yeah, Rad- yeah Radko okay. certainly Radko would. Uh, I'll ask him later. Yeah, please do. So, with that said, let's let's start with your number five. What team are you watching? Fifth most down the stretch. Ooh, you know what? I didn't even think to put these teams in order. So okay, oh that's uh, fine. Yeah, no, that's no, no. Fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it right now, just on the okay, fly. So on the fly. Uh, number five for me, the Detroit Red Wings. And okay, I say they that had to be in on your list. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's because they're the hometown team, and right, I'm gonna watch their games because they're just so easily accessible. But because they're only a few points out of last place to keep the Avs from having the top percentage chance of getting Hughes and. You know, Mike Green gone for the regular the regular season. Dylan Larkin's going to be out tonight. He's got some back problems. Personally, I I just I would love to see them get Jack Hughes. And so again, that lose for Hughes thing, I'm kind of like, yes, okay, hey. keep Dylan Larkin out because he's been fantastic. And you know, play Bernier, whatever it takes to lose at this. Who point. gave Mike Green that STD that put him out the rest oh. of the year? <laughs> Uh, STD. Of the all we liver. know is that it was a virus, right? That's all they're saying. In his was, liver. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> so, could still be an STD. Uh, I, I was, I wasn't sure at first if it was like a HOSA thing. You know, HOSA. They said he was out with a virus at first, and then it was right. his, sura- his like skin thing or something. Yeah. Uh, well, my you have a, you have anything more? Any other reasons to watch the Red Wings? Because for me, I'm going to say that they're at about thirty or twenty nine on my list. Okay. No, it's it's basically pretty far just to watch it. them. 
to lose. But then also for me, I love because they are my team. I like watching the younger guys that are coming up to watch them play and see how yeah, they do right. in the future of the wings. So, is there a particular? Uh, oh, maybe we'll get to a player. No, no, no. Okay. I, I don't get right. any wings I, on my I'll, top I'll five say players. I'm, but I Zadina scored his first NHL goal, and it was yeah. a beauty. I a rocket over the the corner. It was against the Abs, right? So right went five uh, hole on that one. It was nice. Oh, was it five hole? Okay, I think I'm, it was. I'm thinking of a different goal, but anyway, I mean, that's that's a a nice thing. Be able. I'm glad that they brought him up for just a PR standpoint and a uh, like. I know the Leafs when they were doing really poorly, they brought up William Nylander at the end of the year. Oh right, and he played. It was it was about this time when he played, and it was very encouraging. Is you thought, okay, here's a guy that will be really good, and he can kind of get rid of some of those those bumps along the way. The you know the maturing process can start a little bit earlier. And I, I think that's important. So, in that sense, I that's is something to watch for. I guess if if a game happens to be on, I'll look forward to watching Zadina. <laughs> for me, I'm going. My number five is the Columbus Blue Jackets, partially because of course they're you know they're right on that bubble of the playoffs, which I don't know how with all the moves they made, but this team, I I'm having a real hard time not being the that guy who's like I'm just rooting for them to miss because they bet all their chips and everything, and if they miss, it would be funny. Uh, at the same time, I am a human, and I can understand that there are human beings that made the decisions that they did. And they'll probably get fired if they miss the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, I'm rooting for them. But at the same time, I'm not. And so I'm I'm torn, which is why they're my number five. Because I think I'll watch. Like, I, I will go out of my way to watch some of their games. Uh, particularly, you know, they, they play a, a team that's just ahead of them in the standings, like Montreal or Pittsburgh. I, I haven't looked at their schedule. I don't know if they have games against them. But I imagine that they do being... At least Pittsburgh's a divisional opponent, so I will be watching them. And I, I want, I want Duchesne, Panarin. I want some combination to just take off here at the end. And so I'm, I'm waiting for that. So we'll, we'll maybe get more into that as the, as, as we hit the players. But the Columbus Blue Jackets are my number four or oh. five. Well, me. they're my number four. Okay, just because I figured to it, it's a good segue there. They're an interesting team for me because it is Torts Watts 2019, basically. Is yes. he going to survive the season or the offseason if they don't make the playoffs, right? Uh, to the schedule point, they actually tonight play the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, at, there you go. In Pittsburgh. So, yes, I have a game to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got them, and they also got to play Carolina um, next week. Uh, and then a little further, further down the schedule, they got Montreal. Boston a couple times here over the stretch, so they've got some right. some tough games. A lot good of playoff teams. Nashville Islanders a couple times, so I, good I, luck. Yeah, although yeah. they do finish the season off playing the Senators, so that might be a saving grace if they're like a point away the very last so. game. Although that would be the game that the Senators go. We're gonna play the game of our freaking life <laughs> just to keep these bastards out of the playoffs. Stick and it to Duchesne and we'll, to Zingle. Yeah. Yes. The actual. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's yeah. fantastic. That would be that would be really fun. Uh, well, my number four, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna go over to the Western Conference to a team that I haven't been into all year, but I watched them play the Nashville Predators the other night, and the game was great. I really enjoyed it, and I thought there was a lot happening, and it looks like the Minnesota Wild are starting to find themselves a little more. I really like 
the way Kevin Fiala is fitting into that lineup. He, I think he scored two goals the other night. Yeah, Donato is playing pretty hot, too. And so I think that this switch-up of their team, I mean, even though Rask hasn't really worked out, Victor Rask, not, not Tuca, uh, that Victor Rask hasn't worked out and that Niederreiter is playing okay in Carolina, of course, we know that. Uh, I, I think that this team just needed a switch-up. I mean, you think it's Niederreiter out and Granlin out and, and in come these fresh faces from other teams, and I think that it's just it has been a good switch for the Minnesota Wild. And the way that the Colorado Avalanche, just outside that top line, they can't seem to produce anything. And so I I think that Minnesota has the depth to make the playoffs, even though we've been saying this whole time, like they're done. They're going to, they're like, we, you know, you see them slowly falling through the standings. Well, they're starting to find their stride again. And I'm, I'm very interested to see what this team could do because I mean, Dallas is right in front of them and if they can, they can jump Dallas I mean, a Minnesota, what, like Minnesota-Calgary or a Minnesota-Winnipeg uh, first round would be would be interesting. I mean, I, I like, you know, that Winnipeg-Minnesota for playoff matchup is a good one because they're really close together in proximity. We don't really think of it that way, but I think that Winnipeg is actually the closest team to, to uh, Minnesota. If I'm not mistaken, or Minnesota is the closest team to Winnipeg. Maybe yes. that's how it is. I, I, Chicago is probably closer. Maybe. To Winnipeg? To Winnipeg? Is it? Or no, no, no. To Minnesota? Oh no, no. It's it's Winnipeg. Is it okay? Yeah. There we go. I'll, I'll have to do some geography lessons later. Uh, who is your number three? Number three. I'm going to the West as well. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Ah, yes. Not one. Honestly, not one that I thought we would be real high on towards the end of the year. Uh, they they just missed my list. I just I I can't ever seem to watch their games. I don't know why. I just well, I mean, for one, it's on the West Coast, right? So that automatically makes I like it a little watching harder. late night hockey. That's true. You do. A lot I more usually than I am just more likely to flip on the Flames or the you know. That, that's true. Yeah, they they don't have like marquee players, you know, guys that you want to watch play hockey games, right? But that's I think for me, it's it's the. Can they push? They're three points out of a playoff spot right now. And the amount of man games, I think right now the count is over 350 man games lost at this point. Yeah. So they're at the top of the NHL Not, not to mention that I think that every game that your goalie's injured, it should count as two because there's only one goalie. Like, really. I mean, there's, of course, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think they just set a record. No, no team's ever had two goalies win 10 games in a row in the same season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Louis Domingue and Vasilevsky both did that. So, uh, of course, there's exceptions. But most teams, their backup goalie is a shell of their starting goaltender. Uh, unless your starting goaltender isn't great, uh, in which case, you know, maybe they're they're closer together. But, you know, you look at Auntie Ranta compared to anyone else on that team in any at least in a situation where you go, who do I want? Auntie Ranta or anyone else? Yeah, I mean, no. I, when I when I look at this team and the injury bug, like Darcy Kepner, fantastic, right? But if you look at their forward position, you can you can point right to Derek Stepan and say, okay, what other team in the NHL that has one decent center, right? If they, even though he really shouldn't be a top hey, line hey, center, hey. didn't Brad Richardson have four goals the other night? Yeah, he is playing. I mean, he's playing freaking hot right now. But I guess what I mean is like he's not a guy you would typically think of as being a top six center, right? Um, sure. Or at least maybe to start this season. So. I, I wouldn't think of him as a top nine. Center. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, anyways, like for instance, you you take Ottawa before they got rid of Duchesne, right? If they had lost Duchesne at any point throughout the season, like that team would just fall apart. 
Right, more so. than they already are. Right, <laughs> yes. So, or the the Red Wings without Dylan Larkin, right? I mean, they just yes, they're garbage at that point. So, uh, there, there's and there certainly is a difference. Even even if your team loses more often than they win, and the, you know you you consider yourself maybe you're in the bottom fourth of the league like the Red Wings are, it can always get worse. It can, you know. Those, I mean, even though though even though your team might be the worst in the league, the Red Wings are watchable. I won't, you know, I won't say that they're unwatchable. I remember when the Leafs were purposefully tanking, and my God, when who was it that was on their top line? Guy was uh, uh, P.A. Parento. Oh, I remember you know, him. Holy yes. crap, he was in their top line. <laughs> he was on their number one <laughs> power play. I remember when he scored thirty in the Island. Yes, that guy actually yes. had a yeah. He had, had a, a moment. He had a decent year with the Leafs that year, but of course they were, you know, they were terrible. They. They didn't have like Leo Komarov was legitimately their top right winger on that team until Nylander came in uh, at the end of the year. I mean, they just weren't good. Even though those players, you know, they got their numbers, they got over twenty goals each because they're playing so often. And they're you know, if you're given enough opportunity and you're an NHL caliber player, you're going to score eventually. But it's just not watchable, you know. So it can it can always get worse. I mean, Senators fans are seeing that right now. It can always get you can always lose. Your players, you know, there's there's other players underneath the ones that you have in the depth, you know, in the organization depth chart. It's just some of those players. You pray to God that they stay in the East Coast Hockey League. Right? <laughs> Who would have thought Chris Tierney would be your best center? Uh, anyways, so you're number three. Your best center and winger and winger. <laughs> <laughs> My number three. You know, I I went back and forth on this. Uh, this this is where I'm going to drop the Toronto Maple Leafs in, but I'm actually going to combo. I'm just going to go Leafs slash Bruins because I really like this race. Uh, I mean, right now the Bruins have, I think they're what, like they've gone 21 games or something without a regulation loss. It's sick. Uh, And yet they have not gained a point on the Tampa Bay lightning over that stretch. Uh, That's, I mean, it's, it's first off, it shows you how silly some of the, uh, the overtime loss stuff is. But at the same time, it Tampa Bay is unreal. Boston looks like they're they're practically unbeatable too. Uh, and all the while, the Leafs have actually managed to maintain pace with them, uh, just two points back. So it'll be. I mean, I think that home ice is is crucial, maybe in that series more than any other one, simply because the Bruins have played the Leafs two other times in the playoffs in the last five years and and played them last year and the home ice did come into play for sure. And so I'm I'm keeping an eye on that race because I I think that who not necessarily whoever gets home ice is going to win the series because the Leafs are going to win that series. But (laughs) but it'll uh, it'll be a good race to the end and and it'll be I mean shoot if the Bruins can continue this pace and they can come into the playoffs having barely lost a, a regulation game in the last three months of the season, that's that's an interesting way to enter the playoffs. We've seen some teams enter the playoffs really hot and cool off quickly, and we've also seen teams enter in hot and keep on running through because they're just, they just found their mojo. So I, I'm looking forward to both those teams and, and their the little battle there. Okay, well, that's why uh, number one for me is the Maple Leafs because of those okay. that that playoff battle, and they're just fun to watch, and they are fun yeah. to watch because they can score six goals a night if they want to, like no problem. Except for so, yeah, except for they can't. Except for lately, they can't. yeah. Well, anyways, 
Yeah, and speaking of running and hot, right? So I, I was actually thinking on the way over here. I'm like, okay, I went undefeated in fantasy hockey this year, twenty and zero, and unreal. <laughs> yeah, I and I, I think like, okay, I got the bye the first round. I'm like, I'm gonna lose in the second round just because I, I was so hot in the regular season. It's it's gonna it's gonna bite me real quick, and then I'm gonna be the laughing stock of the league when I don't even place in the top three. Yeah. So all right. Uh, number two for me, I'm going to stick in the West, but it's the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and it's it does have to do with the playoff battle again because I do think having that opportunity to not play St. Louis or maybe even Dallas, depending on how things shake out, right? Um, I don't I don't want to be you know playing that number two three playoff spot and so I think for Winnipeg getting the you know the number one seed and having to play you know maybe Minnesota or Arizona depending on who would just be easier for them and I I, they've been kind of slumping lately and so I want to see them kind of kick it up a little bit because they're probably my favorite out of the West just because I I love Blake Wheeler I want to see these guys win and and you've been Connor Hellebuck's biggest fan for a long time like I remember before he was when he was in the American Hockey League you were pumping this guy's tires uh, yeah, my what did I say? I said my number three was. You're on two. Now. I'm on two. Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's really hard for me to pick between these teams. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Carolina Penguin Habs. Ooh. Well, Carolina made my just missed. Okay. So. Yeah. Like I thing with Carolina and watching them. Is just generally if there's if there's a Leafs game, you know, Leafs are, are the team that I'm going to watch. So the the Eastern Conference teams can be a little harder to watch at times because I'm watching another game. Uh, but Carolina is very interesting to me uh, because of course they've been on this crazy run. I mean, they could jump the Islanders the pace that they're at, and the Islanders are starting to just notch back down a little bit. I, I think that they'll probably still end up being in that two spot. Uh, good on the Capitals to really, they they are just on fire, and uh, eight and two in their last ten. So, I I'm I'm interested to see how this Carolina Hurricanes end of the season goes because I think a few things could happen. I think any one of these teams that the Canadians, the Penguins, the Hurricanes, the Blue Jackets, any one of them could go on a nice little winning streak. It could also one of them is likely I think to go on a little bit of a a down downward spiral Columbus. <laughs> and so I like this race is so fascinating to me because it's really Carolina. Nobody and nobody was really thinking that they would be here. You know, maybe they'd be on the bubble. I guess this is about where we thought they would be, you know, kind of on the bubble. I think they're, they're further in the playoffs than I thought they might be. I thought they might be right now, like four or five points out. And that team, that team that looks like they might make, they could make a run, but they probably won't get in there and they managed to do it they're in there right now they're in that division but if pittsburgh misses if columbus misses it's going to be it's definitely unexpected whereas the canadians and the hurricanes this is this is gold right now for them you know this is bonus money so i that whole race entices me i'm not sure which team to watch more yeah i did like the hurricanes having hit my just miss just because Peter Morazic trying to earn a contract, right, to say, hey, because their goaltending's been playing pretty good, McElhaney and Morazic, and so you're giving Carolina something to think about, like, oh, hey, do we still want to maybe give Darling another shot next year, or do we want to maybe 
go with these two guys again because they've been playing so good for us, even though beginning of the season, you know, McElhinney was good but injured and Mrazek was playing mediocre at best. And then all of a sudden they've they've gotten hot. They've been one of the best defensive teams, it seems, in the league lately. So There you go. Uh, who's your number one? Well, I told well, you, you Toronto. The Leafs. Did yeah. you have a two? Yeah, my number two was uh, Winnipeg. Right, okay. Yeah. My numbers are off. I'm, yeah, I'm having okay. trouble counting today. My number one is actually the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'll tell you why. Ooh. Tampa Bay Lightning, if, uh, if we spin over to our standings, they've got 51 wins with 15 games left to go. Now, as you remember, the record for most wins in a season is your Red Wings with 62. I remember back that in 1996. It didn't work out for them in the playoffs. 95, so. 96 season. No. no, it didn't work out in the playoffs. They they lost to a avalanche. a very interesting Avalanche team after um, Claude Lemieux plastered Chris Draper's face all over the boards uh, in a very negative way. I don't say that that was. It's one of the like nastiest things I've ever seen. Uh, and I I really I think that that injury. I don't know. It just soured everything in that series, and I think that that was some of the reason why. I mean, imagine if that happened now. Glow you out the rest of the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. He'd get suspended for... Gone. Yeah. One of the best best quotes I ever heard in uh, sound bites was, I can't believe I shook that guy's freaking hand just after Dino Censorelli afterwards. And yes. I love it. Because that was Dino's last year as a Red Wing. I think He so. never won a cup as a Red Wing. No. You're right. Tear. Uh, the Lightning, 15, 15 games left. They need to win 13 of them to beat that record. Or uh, uh, 12 of them to beat that record. Yeah, the way they're playing, it's doable. It's very possible. <laughs> and very scary. And, uh, I mean, even just just to break 60 wins, all they have, they have to go 9-6 and six the rest of the way to break 60 wins. I mean, that's incredible. That really is. Let me ask you this, though. And especially because a league that's supposed to be so balanced, the way they're dominating, right, is just is mind-boggling to begin with. But, you know, everybody's pretty much penciled in Barry Trotz as the Jack Adams winner. But if they set the win record, do you give it to John Cooper now? I don't think he cares about anything but the cup. I don't think he does either, but, I mean. I would tell him, don't give it to me unless I win the cup. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, it w- I mean, shoot. Yeah, the I, on the one hand, the... Original 60 win record to me is the most legitimate because there was no overtime. Well, yeah. There so they played so. 60 minutes and that's it. And they won 60, 60 games just, just outright. Now the Red Wings, they tied. I think they tied six games or like eight games that year or something. I think they, what they lose? They lost eight games in regulation that year. I think there were 62, eight and 12 or something maybe. Or maybe they're, I don't know. Do you know the one team that beat them twice that year? Mm-mm. The Leafs. Yeah, of course. The Leafs didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even make the playoffs. Stop it. And they beat the 62-win team. Uh, yeah, you can pull up that. I think, I'm, I'm going with 62, 8, and 12. So the Red Wings, yeah, they, they got overtime. But the Lightning have at least, I mean, I guess there's the... Uh, the fact that you they can go to a shootout and they have gone to a shootout six seven times and won six of them, so six of their wins are in a shootout. If this was 1995, those are six ties, and in reality they're at 45 wins right now, and they wouldn't be able to touch the record. So the stats have have definitely tipped in their favor to be able to do it, but it still is insane, especially since there was no salary cap at that time and that Wings team was stacked. So. Okay, 
Shall we, uh, what, are, you, are you looking up their record? Have you found it yet? I'm looking up some of the records. So I'm looking at the Canadian 76-77 record for, you know, most points in a season, 132. And funny, ironically enough, the Red Wings just had a horrible record. They were 16-55-9 that season. Wow, 55 losses. Just terrible. Unreal. In the same division, too. That's probably why they lost. Ah, uh, yes, they probably lost every time by a score of 8-1. to one. Uh, Okay, well, should we move on to our players? Let's that go. That we're watching for? Okay. Uh, well, I'll start. I'll start with my my number five. Please. Uh, my number five is Mitch Marner, because I want to see what what is he going to do the rest of the year. We know Brad Marchand. He tweeted out, you know, he deserves twelve twelve million. I tend to think that that was a uh, hey. If he gets twelve million, we can really screw over the Leafs. And then <laughs> 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 I, I don't know if twelve million is there. There's no winger paid twelve million dollars. Uh, the highest paid winger in the league is. Patrick Kane at ten and a half. I don't think Marner's quite there yet because Marner hasn't led the league in points. Uh, the fact that the you know his points are obviously inflated because everyone's is inflated, and so we can't base this off of the previous years. We have to base it off of everyone else. Uh, he is doing very well in terms of everyone else, though, too. But uh, I I think depending on what he can do the rest of this season, the regular season, you know, if if he if he goes on another another nice little tear. I mean, I think in the last like eight periods, uh, well, he had a, he had a point in the Vancouver game last night, and he had had seven points in eight periods. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not too shit. So it's uh, if if he can continue doing something like this, you know, does if if Mitchell Marner ends up with a hundred plus points, something that I don't think we expected him to be up at that level, even with the even with point totals being what they are. Uh, you know, if if here in the last twenty games he ends up, you know, what would he he'd need another he needs another 18, 18 points. So not not out of the realm of possibility for Marner to have a hundred points, uh, as opposed to maybe the other way if he cools down a little bit, ends up with around ninety, which we can go okay, well that's inflated by you know eight or nine points, so you're an eighty point guy, which is still fantastic, but. Whatever he does the rest of this regular season could have an impact on his contract, which, as a Leafs fan, certainly matters to me. So I'll be watching Mitch Marner. Yeah, I I like that pick, and for me, when and he's he, fun to watch. Well, yeah, he absolutely is, and you know, there's there's some people that actually say he stirs stirs that offense a lot more than Matthews does. Well, there's a there's a lot of talk out there about him winning the Selkie. Ooh. He's I like that. Defensively, he's fantastic. Yeah, he is very Babcock's good. Babcock's saying he's he's so good defensively because he's smarter than everybody else in the ice. That's what he said. I think so. I love it. Now, this is this is something I, I I heard a while back, and I've just I would love to see one, but I I kind of still think they're like the Easter Bunny at this point since the salary cap era. Really, offer sheet. Does anybody try to offer sheet Marner? Uh, I mean, I think the Leafs will match whatever somebody offer sheet. I think they'll they'll get something done by the whenever if the Leafs whether the Leafs win the cup or they're knocked out at some point I think that the deal will get done quickly after that I don't think they're going to let this one go to July first I agree so perfect well uh, my number five is Mark Stone ah uh, Vegas see how he does in Vegas huh? I I'm very excited because he you know you and I have talked about the talent of unrestricted free agents coming up this offseason and and I think you've said on multiple occasions that he is probably the 
the best one out there. And I've heard before too people say like I would rather have Stone than Panarin at this point, and um, which is very interesting if you really think about it. But you know, whatever your opinion is Both on him, different types of players, right? Certainly. Whatever your opinion is on him, he's still a fantastic winger. Um, man, you know what? It, I, I heard the other day that George McPhee, the only reason they didn't get the extension out. Uh, when they could have on Friday last week was because he was out of town. He wanted to be there to sign it in person or something like oh. that. And so that's why we haven't heard anything yet. But uh, two points in five games played right now with Vegas, which isn't really that encouraging. But, again, people need time to get acclimated. Yeah, give, him, give him a second. Right, Hopefully exactly. it doesn't take him as long as it took William Nylander when he was coming back <laughs> to a system he's played in for three years. Sure, but, yeah. Whereas Mark Stone hasn't played in the system at all. But Right, now you have you know Paul Stasny and... Pacioretty playing on your line, so uh, pretty dang good line mate. So hopefully they get that figured out quick because that's going to be a tear of a line to see for a long time. So uh, interested to see how he develops in that team because come playoff time they'll be a fun team to watch. All right, my number four. I'm going. I'm going uh, old school, new school. I'm going Sidney Crosby here has like clawed his way up through the through the point totals, but also his team is. His team's on the verge of being eliminated, and he has done everything. I think like the last 15 games, he's averaging two points a game or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. He's got 90, what, 92 points now at this point. I think he's just he's just behind. Uh, he's got an 86, I'm sorry. So he's six points behind Connor McDavid, but he's he's really come from having what like what we would deem an average Sidney Crosby season to, holy crap, he was probably going to have 100 points. Even though it was... <laughs> Still a point per game, he was still going. But, right, you right. Know, it's funny to say that, oh, that's pretty average for Crosby. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that not only is he in this room, I, I mean, I don't, no one's catching Kucherov. I just, I just don't see it the way that they're they're rolling. But just the fact that he's in this, he's hot, and his team needs, needs to make the playoffs here. You know, he has done everything that he personally can do to keep his team afloat because this team is sinking. Like without, can you imagine this team without Crosby? I mean, forget Malkin. You know, this team without Crosby is in dire straits. They're not in the playoffs. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Mediocre goaltending. Yeah, Malkin's been playing. He's been playing fine, but like he's not going to push this team up to where they need to be. Right, and same with Phil Kessel. He's been playing fine, but not going to not going to get this team in the playoffs the way other guys are playing. So, yep. All right. Who's your number four? Number four, I'm going goaltender. I knew you would. I knew you would yeah. eventually. I got two goalies on this list. Okay. So uh, my first one is Martin Jones. And I say that because San Jose looks like they're going to secure a playoff spot, but I want to see him get hot down the stretch here because I love the San Jose Sharks. I want to see Thornton win a cup. It would be nice to see them push, you know, to play Winnipeg in the West and maybe make it to the the Stanley Cup Finals, and then, you know, maybe you can convince Eric Carlson at that point to say, hey, stay, stick around. Yeah, ironic. Bit. Last year, I think San Jose led the league in goals against, if I'm not mistaken. Did they? I think they were down the there. In, yeah, they were down there. I know that. Uh, this year, there is only one team in the playoffs in both conferences with more goals against, and that's the Washington Capitals at 211. Wow. So the San Jose Sharks will have allowed 206 goals. Yeah, Martin But Jones. they also have scored the most out well, of yeah. any playoff team in the in the West. That doesn't hurt. There's a few teams in the East that yeah. have. Martin Jones, 31 wins, and he doesn't even have a 900 save percentage. 897. Crazy. Last five games, 903. So not going well for him. Yeah. But, I, I mean, and you got to think come playoff time, those goals, 
you know, you're, you're not going to score as many goals in the playoffs. And so your goaltender better be ready to roll because, you know, he, he's got there. There's still time. You know, it's, it's not that there hasn't been goalies in the past. Let's go Washington Capitals. I mean, think about how much problems Braden Holtby had last year. People were talking about him. You know, is is he all done? Like, is he a starting goaltender in this league anymore? Uh, and he was benched during the season. And ultimately, Philip Grubauer started the first two games of that series. And Washington lost both those games. And then in comes Braden Holtby. And he's, I mean, if it, well, Ovechkin won the MVP of the playoffs. But I think Holtby would have been right behind him. Oh, sure. It reminds me of the last time the Wings won the Cup when uh, Hasek started. And then they brought in Osgood after a couple games, and he just tore it up. Yeah. And then Zetterberg ended up winning the Conn Smite, which I'm like, yeah. okay, that probably could have been Osgood's. But you're okay with either one at this point. But the difference with San Jose is they're not going to Aaron Dell because he's been playing even worse. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not giving him the, the starter's net to begin the playoffs. You know, it's funny because as a as a kid, I remember what it was like. Patrick Waugh won the Conn Smythe a couple three times. times. Uh, yeah, three one. What twice with Montreal and no, twice with Colorado because Colorado in '96 was Claude Lemieux. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And Claude Lemieux also won it in '95 with the Devils. The Devils. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had you had them '97. You had Mike Vernon winning winning the Conn Smythe. Or, yes. Yeah, it was '97 because '98 was Eiserman. and then 2002 was Lindstrom. So uh, eight was Lindstrom, right? Oh no no no! no it was no, 0-2. You're right, you're right, Eight right. was Zetterberg yeah. when he took it from us. But there was just a, there was a, several times where goalies won. I mean, even Jaguar in a losing effort wins the Conn Smythe. Oh, yes. Uh, but lately there has just been a string of of forwards. Or you know, I, I don't. Uh, did Duncan Keith win it once? He did. He won it once. Yeah. He did. So, but mostly forwards. Whereas for a while we were seeing a lot, quite a few goaltenders, and I wonder if just the idea of a goalie winning it is just kind of not as not as interesting or something. Well, it, it's funny. I when I look at like the they look at like the marquee name, right? Ov plays great, right? He's probably deserved to win an MVP award for a long time in the playoffs. He's always put the team on his back, but they just always come up short, you know. And hey, John, actually, you know, Jonathan Quick and Tim Thomas won it back to back, eleven and twelve. Yeah, th- those years they were just stellar, though. I mean, they played otherworldly. I think they had like 930 plus save percentages each. So, yeah, I think unless you're hitting those j- very fantastic numbers, it's going to be hard to take it from a player. I lied. Joe Sackick won the Conn Smythe in 96. Did he? And Patrick Waugh won it in 01. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Claude Lemieux won it in 95, but that was his only one. Got it. I was going to say, okay. But he won two Stanley Cups in a row. We'll see. We'll see. He did. Two different teams. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my number three is Alexander Ovechkin. I'm fascinated by his run at 60. I, I don't know if it's going to happen anymore. He's he's uh, kind of cooled off in terms of scoring lumps of goals. But we, we know, you know, I could say that, and then he'll get two hat-tricks in a row, and suddenly he's at 52. And, you know, I, I mean, he's he's got 20 games, or 18 games left, something like that. And you're looking at 16 games left. He would need 14 goals over that, that span. Uh, which is that, that's tough to do. That would be tough to do. Uh, but getting 50 is certainly, you know, that's that's almost a certainty for him. And so just seeing if he can get 60, I, I'm still intrigued. Uh, 60 goals is obviously a hard number to get to, even though guys are scoring over like by the end of the season, a lot of players, a lot more players than what we're used to will have 100 points. That 60 goals is still so freaking hard to do. 
Yeah, he is going to be pushing, though, to keep Washington in that top spot because they're only six points back of teams like, you know, Pittsburgh jumping them, uh, you know, Columbus. So Yeah, but at this point, six points is a lot of point. like it was, six when, points. We had four-point games, sure. What do we yeah. say? It was uh, since for like the last 15 years, one team has made the playoffs being behind six points or more. And so that would also go to say, hey, you know, you're probably not going to fall too far in the standings. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, they they definitely want you want home home ice advantage. I mean, you although do you because you get maybe to play the Islanders or the Hurricanes instead of the Penguins in the first round. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good point. That's actually, that's the problem is that <laughs> yeah. it's almost not a reward other than the fact that you get home ice. I mean, I, I I think at this point though, if I'm Washington after last year beating the Penguins. I go, yeah, no, we'll beat him again. It's not a mental problem it'll be, anymore. It'll be fine. Sure. Yeah. But just, you know, there's there's still, there's something about, okay, they beat us last year. We can get them this time. Let's, you know, let's make those adjustments. I don't know. I, I'm not that scared of Pittsburgh. If I'm, frankly, any team in the NHL in that first round, I'm thinking I could beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Okay. Pittsburgh gets a little loose in the playoffs, especially that first round. Do you remember, was it two years ago against the Flyers and those games? Like there was that one game that was 7-6 or something like that in the first couple games. It's crazy. So the Pittsburgh Penguins do open it up sometimes in the playoffs. Well, I even think this year with as bad as the goaltending's been, like they wouldn't be scaring me too much right now. I mean, Washington's had worse. They have. They they actually (laughs) have. Defensively speaking, they've been worse, but... (laughs) But they score so many goals, it doesn't matter. This is true. No yawning. Excuse me. All right. You're number two. My number three. three, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, One of your hometown boys, Mr. Morgan Riley. Oh, for the Norris. I am interested to see if he can pull it apart. Or not pull it apart. Pull it apart. (laughs) Here's the Norris trophy, Morgan. Can you pull this apart? (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I think for a long time, people have written in Giordano as the Norris favorite right now. But I, I think... Guys like Burns and Yossi are kind of creeping up there a little bit. And Riley, to me, is one guy to watch because, you know, while he, you know, he's got that that forward group in front of him, he doesn't play with as good of a defensive group around him as a lot of these other guys do, right? So he's got to be more responsible defensively and offensively. Do you know who leads the league in plus minus? I would probably say Hainsey just because it's, it's hilarious to say. Yes. By by a good margin, too. Like I'm plus five. No doubt that's, about that. That's a few games worth of plus <laughs> minus. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, he. Morgan Riley's averaging a little, little under twenty three minutes a game right now, and some of the other guys are sitting at twenty four, twenty five. So it's not that big of a difference to where you're like, all right, he's not. You know, he's not playing significant enough minutes in my book. But Morgan Riley has just been fantastic to watch this year, considering that he hasn't had a superb defensive partner like a lot of these other guys have. That's true. So That is a great point. Uh, my uh, my thought, Morgan Riley won't win the – he won't win the Norris. And if he maybe if he was on another team, he would. But some – I. I wonder if there's something about a player from Toronto, like people don't want him to win that award. You know, there's just there is some sort of stigma about you know writers from outside of Toronto voting for a Toronto team. I, I I don't know. There's there's maybe something something about it where people don't want to vote for him for it. Uh, I, th- I think you could see it, but uh, let's go number two. Who's your number two? Number two. Oh, okay, I get to go two in a row here. Well, uh, my number two is going to be Leon Dreisaitl. Okay. Yeah, he's been ripping it up lately. He has, and. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see if he can unseat Ovi for that Rocket Richard trophy. Um, yeah, 41, and Ovechkin's at 46. Not too far behind, but last 15 games for Dreisaitl, he's got 14 goals. So like we said, he's tearing it up. If he keeps up this pace, he could probably jump Ovi. I mean, that would uh, that's the pace Ovechkin needs to score 60. 60. Yeah, so. so it'll be interesting to watch, I think, you know, um, I don't think Edmonton's making the playoffs, so I think they're going to play a little loose. They're not going to play with any pressure to really get in. Like, you know, we're going to see like we did last year where McDavid just turned up the point factor the last, you know, 20 games like crazy. So, yeah, that probably will happen with Dreisaitl and McDavid I mean, here. McDavid could just, who knows? Who knows what happened in the last <laughs> last minute here? Uh, I'll, I'll echo that. I'm, I'm not going to go Dreisaitl because to me they're, I, I don't know, the, the Oilers... Actually, funny enough, I'm going to watch. The Oilers play the Leafs next, so that's I'm going to watch the Ooh, Oilers, okay. ironically, even though I, I don't really go out of my way to watch them. They, they're seven points out of the playoffs. They're, they're done. Uh, you know, I, I, originally my thought was get Patrick Kane on this list because you know he's he's in a pretty similar boat. He's got 40 goals but just behind Dreisaitl, and, and he's really the only one who's who's anywhere close to Kucherov in terms of the uh, the point total. But the fact that I'm already looking at the lightning going, all right, are you going to break some record here like for wins? Because that would be, you know, that'd be pretty crazy. So I think in order to do that, you know, you're watching Kucherov. I'm wondering in these last, you know, 15, 20, 15, 16 games, does Kucherov end up with 130 points? Could he hit 130? I mean, that it's possible. It would be tough. 24 points. He'd need to, you know, be averaging about one. 1.5 points a game here. I hope he end. does for my fantasy playoff but He very well could. I mean, it's he's he's right there. I think he's on pace for it. And so to for a guy to get 130 points, it would be the first time that's happened since what, like 96 or something like that. So it's it's been a good good while. So I will be rooting for him personally, although I I would much rather see that than the Lightning beat that record cuz you know, I just I don't know. I don't necessarily care about that record that much. It doesn't really, as a Leafs fan, it does nothing. It's interesting <laughs> as somebody who just likes the game in general. But uh, I also like when you know they're going to have to beat some teams who are probably fighting for the playoffs, and so that's going to throw a wrench in all that. So we'll, we'll see. It'll, I think it'll be tough. These last fifteen games are going to be tough because are you really going to keep the throttle on this whole time? With another month and a half left to go in the season, are you going to be able to keep your foot down on the accelerator this whole time and then go into the playoffs and expect that you're just going to do the same through the whole thing? Or are you going to rest anyone? Are you going to like? Are you going to play certain players less and maybe increase the ice time of some lesser lesser guys? Um, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but it, it certainly looks like they'll just let this go. You know, they'll keep playing the way that they're playing and and uh, they're not going to worry about being tired or anything like that because I, it really doesn't look like they're tired. Well, at least we haven't heard of Andre Vasilevsky tell us he's tired yet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, who's your number one? Who are you going to be watching the right. most? Well, I did say I had two goalies on this list, so my second goaltender is Mr. Bingington out of St. Louis. Oh. Yes. Interesting number one choice. It really is because I want to see him go on a tear these last 15-ish games to unseat... Pedersen for the Calder Trophy. Oh, that's it. Now that's an interesting. 
and it's a dynamic tough. because he would have he would lead his team to the playoffs. Yes, which is far more meaningful than anything that Pedersen has done. Absolutely, and I, you know, I I was listening to XM on the way home, NHL Network, and they said that most writers that vote for these trophies really focus in on the last six weeks of the of the season. Hmm. So if you look at that, Pedersen really not doing much. His team's probably not going to make the playoffs. And I think Bingington, really, Jordan has been the reason St. Louis is even in the conversation right now. I think more than, you know, Tarasenko catching fire and, you know, Ryan O'Reilly playing well, I think he's been the reason. Yeah, I mean, and that was the whole reason they were struggling so bad is absolutely. because Jake Allen was playing so terrible. Yeah, and of goalies that have played 20 or more games this season, he's fourth most in shutouts, right? He's number two in save percentage behind Vasilevsky, and he's number one in goals against which is freaking unreal. You imagine you stretch that out yeah. over the course of 60 games the whole season, his numbers would be off the chart. Now, do I think he could keep it up for 60 games? No, probably not. But How many games has he played? He's Third. played 22. 22. Yeah, so he's 16-3-0-1. So, you know who else went on a, a really hot streak one time? One this, time? This uh, this guy, he, he uh, his name is Jim Carrey. Jim he Carrey? He won the Vesna in 1985. <laughs> Yes, and, uh, I remember that he won the Vesna and then just vanished. He really did. I want to see somebody do some like cool piece on Jim Carrey. Ooh, he's like the least talked about Vesna Trophy winner ever because <laughs> he won he won it in the in the lockout year. So there was only forty eight games that year. So he just happened to get hot for basically what was half a season. <laughs> That's true, and. And then vanished, truly vanished. Like he eventually, yeah. And then I think Colza two years later, he went to the Boston Bruins, and then one year there, and he was just well. Boston was terrible back then. Tinked around, so. and yeah, because they they would get the uh, number one pick with Thornton. Thornton there, yeah, um, yeah. And but like I look at all the other goaltenders right at the top of those statistical charts, and a lot of those goaltenders outside of Vasilevsky have like they're they they have two guys up there, right? So you look at Robert. Robin Lanner and Thomas Grice, Ben Bishop and, you know, Kudobin, Halak and Rosk. So there's a lot of like combos up there. So there's not a ton of guys outside of maybe, you know, Flurry and, and Vasilevsky who have been playing so hot. And, you know, he's he's been the reason the team's been getting where they were. So, you know, he might get some colder, okay. some colder nods that way. All right. Um, You're number one. My number one, kind of off the board a little bit, but... I am looking at the Columbus Blue Jackets again. I'm looking just at their top line. I'm very, like, it's crazy to have so many UFAs on a, a team that should be better than they are. I mean, there's just been inner turmoil all year. But I'm looking at Panarin, Duchesne, Dezingle, Bobrovsky. I, I want to see what, what these individual players can do, even if they miss the playoffs. I, I still think, I think that this, well, if they miss the playoffs, I think maybe all these guys are going to be lose money. Like this, there is a, there is money involved here because if they miss the playoffs, then they don't have the opportunity to get that playoff bump. You know, there's always those guys. I mean, teams I think have settled down a little bit. You know, you get a guy uh, who's a guy for Chicago who had a crazy playoff. And they signed him to that big deal, and then he just Brandon Sod. No, not Brandon. <laughs> no, some. Oh man, I can't think of his name. He eventually got traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Why can't I think of the name either? Anyway, so, I mean, it happens where players have a nice playoff and then teams pay them based off that playoff. And then it really, over the course of 82 games the next year, it doesn't work out and they're not the same the next year in the playoffs. Uh, I think there is some 
who would have to say, all right, Duchesne, you've, you've always wanted to be on a good team. Here's your chance to perform. And if he can't perform in the regular season here, then you got to think twice as a team that's talented and would want to bring this guy in. You know, is he a guy who can perform in the clutch or is he just someone who has had a really nice season for a really bad team? And that's kind of been the story of his career. Uh, I mean, Panarin's a little bit different, but because he has performed in the playoffs in the past. Uh, but I, I do think that a big run here by the Columbus Blue Jackets, if they can grab this and run into the playoffs, figure it out, go on a nice little a nice little rip and get in the playoffs, win around maybe two, you know, be the team that they kind of expect themselves to be. You know, I, I mean, I could see the Blue Jackets making in the playoffs. They could beat Washington, absolutely in the first round. No, you know, not no problem, but they could beat Washington. They almost did last year. Yeah, Bobrovsky gets it together and sure, yeah, and you get into the second round and suddenly you're looking at maybe the Islanders or Carolina. You could beat one of those teams, and you find yourself playing the Tampa Bay Lightning and you lose. But still, that's uh, you could tip your cap to that. And and I mean, hey, there's been amazing teams that lose in the playoffs. We were talking about it. the Red Wings had oh, the yeah. record for wins. That team was unreal, and they still lost. I mean the the Dallas Stars in 2000 that lost to the New Jersey Devils in the Stanley Cup Finals, that team was amazing. They just got stifled. That New Jersey team was so freaking annoying to watch. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, they just stifled everybody. Oh, New Jersey's had, done that a few times. Yes. Like, I remember against Anaheim in the playoffs, they did that. Certainly. And, oh certainly. So, I mean, there, there have been really good teams who lose, uh, but I, I, I do think that they if they can get in they can they could find themselves in the conference finals you know if, if yeah their they're route fall. that way and through the metro yeah absolutely that's that's another reason why too that i i hate the current playoff format don't get me wrong i love seeing that that matchup in the first round with boston or toronto it's fantastic which is great but once you get past you know i i wish they would reseed all that stuff you yeah, know like they used to see like see to. if if this were now Toronto, Tampa, Boston, Toronto, top three in the conference. Now that obviously, even before the old playoff system, Tampa would be one, and then you know you'd have the three divisions or whatever, right? And so you, Tampa would be one, and then Washington would be another one, and then whoever made up the other division would be the three seed, and then the four is essentially where you have your wild cards, right? Uh, now, if if we just seeded them one through eight, Tampa would play Montreal, Boston would play Pittsburgh, Toronto would play Carolina, Washington pl- would play New York. But there does need to be a reward for winning your division. So let's bump Washington up to the two and knock everybody else down. So then Tampa's playing Montreal. Washington would play Pittsburgh. Boston would play Carolina. And Toronto would play the Islanders. Interesting. And and all those scenarios makes a lot more sense. And you get a true better team against a lesser team. But in the first round, you're going to get two of your top three teams in the conference that play each other. Yep. And same thing in the in the West. I mean, there's, there's some, you know, in the second round, again, you're going to get the two best teams in the West playing each other in the second round. So, All right. Well, that is our show for today. We uh, Let us know who you are going to be watching most, players and teams. Tweet at us at OT Hockey Talk. And we trust that in the last small, it's not even a quarter, it's like a fifth of the season, that, uh, that you will throw on some extra games you know, if you don't have NHL centerized, just go on Reddit, go to NHL streams, and watch the games for free. That's true. You know, I do can, love that. You can do that. I pay for it because I don't like dealing with the crap, <laughs> all the ads. But, and- uh, but yeah, no, it's there. There is there are ways to watch games. So 
you know, mute mute the TV when it's NBC Sports, so you don't have to listen to Mike Emmerich and oh, out. Maybe just I don't know, grab a radio or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's been our show. We hope you guys have a great week.